Yo, 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 welcome to Crate 808, and today we have on a very special guest, writer, DJ, blog era OG, and co-founder of indie label Closed Sessions, all the way from Chicago, we've got DJ RTC Alexander Fructor in the house. How are you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thank you. Killed it. You you got it right. Thank you so much. Bad that name. It's a little bit of a, uh, yeah, I got you though. I got you. So, (laughs) but bro, thank you for coming on. I know we've been talking quite a bit. We were just discussing stuff and we thought today we're going to chop it up over 1998's Most Deaf and Talib Kweli of Black Star. Yeah, that, that I am ready for. I'm ready for this chat. I was thinking that I'm kind of born for this chat. I think this is the album that kind of changed a lot of my thinking. But before we go in, I have to ask you what I ask everyone. Alexander, man, what is the least hip-hop thing you've done in the last 24 hours? Man, definitely packed up a baby and with my wife and dog, we drove to the very non-hip-hop small lake town of Brooklyn, Michigan, listening to the Lullabies playlist, including hits like Puff the Magic Dragon. Nice. Some yeah. good Tom Petty in there, too. Uh, a okay. lot of uh, Louis Armstrong. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Damn, that's interesting. Surely now there must be hip hop lullaby like instrumentals somewhere. So come on, man, it's 2021. There must be some of those out there somewhere. <laughs> that's true. I just have a like quick the first four songs. If he's not asleep by then, uh it's tough. It's tough. So I just listen to the first four. Okay, fair, fair. I like that. So about this album then, renowned. I think a lot of the listenership are gonna know this album, probably inside out, like uh, yourself. I'm guessing you'll be listening back to it a little bit before we chatted. How are you feeling about it now? Now you've listened back to it. I don't know how long it's been since you lasted, but how are you with this album now? I, I listen to this regularly, at least a couple times a year, but in prepping for this, I've, I've probably listened to it, you know, over 10 times in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I think the, the thing I feel most about it now that I've never felt before is like many fans, maybe yourself, it's always been, when is the next Black Star album? When is the next Black Star album? Mm-hmm. And in listening to it and really hearing it in new ways, I'm actually glad. I don't think there could be another album. I don't think that, like, I don't know what else they would say. This is so well done conceptually, where they were, where hip hop was. Maybe it's best, like, let's just leave this be the Black Star album, still do songs. I'd love to see them both in concert Mm. continually, but... Yeah, that's where my my newest thing is like I just don't know where else they could where they could take it. This yeah. is the statement. And it is a statement. That's exactly what it is. And that's interesting when you say it that way cuz I'm like everyone talks about Madlib, he's going to do the next one. It's supposed to be all Madlib beats. And I was like I don't know what the name is going to be or whatever, but it'd be good if they don't just sequel it. Don't sequelize it. Don't do any of that. If it's another Black Star project, absolutely here for that. But um you're right. This is kind of an album that you said there you don't know what else they could say. They cram so much in, (laughs) even to like four or five bars where you're like, right, I didn't even have Google back then. How did I know any of this? And it's just like fascinating Uh, to give that bit of context then for for this album generally, but also tie it in for yourself, which is like, where were you when this album, like kind of you, you found this album or the artist, did you hear them before earlier? Where were you at with it before? Yeah, that's a good, man, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, so like you said, I grew up in Chicago. The part of Chicago I'm from is called Hyde Park, Mm -hmm. which is uh, on the south side, right, very close to the University of Chicago. Chicago is a very segregated city, but Hyde Park is like the one, one of the few neighborhoods that has just a mix of everybody. The university also draws a lot of international students, black, white, um, Latin, everything is kind of there. 
And um, there were people that moved from New York that would say it reminded them the most, it reminded them of New York the most out of all the Chicago neighborhoods. So growing up there, um, I remember listening to this album and, and similar ones out looking outside the window, my parents' apartment window. And this album, the sounds, it just sounded like what outside looked like. Like it just reminded me of uh, my neighborhood. And I found it at a time, I, was, I think I was 15, 16, 15 or 16 when this came out. So just starting to really form my own identity, music, starting to understand things, mm. seeing hip hop all around common is from this area. Like a lot of Chicago hip hop happened around uh, where I grew up. So I was just like seeing it like, yeah, th this makes more sense than necessarily what I was seeing on um, MTV. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I came to find it. And there was a key moment. There was a record store uh, called Dr. Wax that I started going to just almost every day after school. I just walk over there a couple blocks from my, my, my apartment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went there. My brother's eight years older than me. So he's like, I probably was 14. He was, I guess, 22 back from college. Yeah. And they would have bootlegs and they had this. This is going to sound odd, but they had this Oasis bootleg. Right. And at that time, I loved the band Oasis. It was called mm -hmm. the B-Side Experience. Mm -hmm. And it was like 30 bucks. And I was like, man, can you just buy this for me? Because I'm in eighth grade. I don't have any money. Yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. But you're going to have to trade me CDs. And then this is, I don't know if they had in, in a England, Columbia house where you could order like 10 CDs for a penny. Mm. Type thing. I've so, heard a lot of people talk about this scam where it's just basically oh, you're just getting tons and tons of records for dude, nothing. I'd order 15 CDs for a penny. They'd send a bill to my mom. She would call them like, how would you let a 12 year old like <laughs> sign up for this and get like not have to pay? I did that several times. Yeah. And one of the CDs I got, this is sorry, a long story, but one of the CDs I got earlier was uh, Ill Communication. Mm. When we got back from the record store, my brother wanted Ill Communication ill communication in a trade for this oasis bootleg right and i'm like very you know like i said just coming into my own and i'm like you know let me listen to this beastie boys cd one more time and i put it on and then I, there was older now mm. i got it even younger because of sabotage mm. and i heard it again i'm like oh the light bulb went off and then i heard get it together with q-tip and then i went deep into tribe called quest and then tribe called quest had on the love movement Love Movement, one of the last songs, like features, Talib Kweli, Most Deaf, I think is on there. Wordsworth is on there. Mm. And then Lyricist Lounge. And I just got, boom, this is like, this is what I want. Not just what's on the radio. In a larger context, they came out. And I think a big part of the album is them being the counterpoint to what Bad Boy and Diddy was doing. That's explicitly said on the project. But that's where I was in my life, just starting high school, really, and like, uh man it was just now it really helped take rap or hip-hop from something i saw on tv to being like oh i've been seeing all these things happening around me yeah and now here's the representation of it on mtv on bigger stages where it's like not just at my record store not just over here like mm. there were many rappers and, and artists bands that were on, on TV and you thought, damn, they're famous. They're rich. Like I could not get that. And I think with black star, the way they were doing it, it just showed the way they were dressed, all the shit they were doing. It was like, Oh, my friends and I can, can do this. Like it wasn't this far off thing. It's like, all right, we can participate in it and I can get deeper 
into it as we go. I don't want I'm sorry I rambled on there. But that's no. where I was when I found uh, the project. And then last thing I'll say, just the political, social things they're talking about again, I could see those in um, just happening in real life, but I didn't know the words or the terms. And I think that this definitely then when I get to high school and then listen to this a lot in college, mm. it's just like, oh yeah. And then seeing what I'm seeing, it's just like, yeah, this this makes sense. So yeah. that's where I was when uh, I when I kind of discovered um, Black Star, and then the whole larger mm. raucous and underground hip hop and everything. It was my jump into all of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Just to track back a little bit, then, because I do want to go into the album. But you were saying there you were trading with your brother CDs, yeah. So what's yeah. what was the hardest trade where you were like, I don't want to let this go? Do you remember one where you were like, I don't want to let this go? But what did you get in return? I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah. Oh, uh, what did I get in return? I, I remember trading, which I probably wouldn't have done now. I remember trading a Jimi Hendrix blues album that I just didn't understand. I was probably eleven. Yeah. I just didn't. I was like, I, you know, when you just start hearing of artists, but new kids won't know this. But you go to the CD store and you don't understand the concepts of different albums. Mm -hmm. at, you know, so I just grabbed a Jimi Hendrix, thinking, "Oh, let's go," because Wayne's World it came out and of they course. had a had it featured heavily. But I traded that for, I think, I think. Maybe license to ill. That was a great trade. That was a huge trade. That was a huge one. Well, depending <laughs> what side you're on of it, Jimi <laughs> Hendrix it was a big loss. But yes, um, also got he gave me Black Sunday, which was a huge come up. I forgot what I traded for that. You he took it. <laughs> a classic. You got a classic yeah. right there. <laughs> his ex girlfriend left it at his house. He just never gave it back, and then I I ended up being able to get it um, of a broken relationship, the Phoenix rose. <laughs> and it was you listening to black Sunday. Wow. Big come up. Big come up. And, uh, <laughs> but that, that like last trade for that Oasis, he mm. wanted ill communication. And I, that's where I was like, like I said, the light bulb went off. Mm. I think it came out. That song came out. The album came out when I was in like sixth grade and everyone loves sabotage. Yeah. And again, I didn't fully understand, but by seventh and eight, even a year, you know, you grow so much just from like 11 to 12 or 12 to 13. Yeah. So when I listened to it again, like 13, 12, 13 is like, Oh, now I fucking get it. Yeah. Like I, this is what, I, this is what I'm like talking about. Yeah. I could not give it up. And I don't, I don't even know. I might have just taken that. And I kept the Oasis CD too. I love that album. So uh -huh. I don't know. I might have gotten away with no trade. <laughs> yeah, it's a great history, man. That's a great history. I love that. I love those little things that, you know, kind of impact your, um, just history, like getting into music. Because that means a lot, right? So that path was beautiful, man. Brilliant. Yo, 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 welcome to the Crate 808 Podcast Patreon. My name's Camby Thandy, and this show is all about 90s hip-hop. Be it interviews with icons like DJ Premier, DJ Muggs, Prince Paul, Black Thought, or who had the best three-album run of 90s rap, or just rediscovering some of the classic cuts that came out in that generation, we've got you. This is a show for all the rap nerds, all the nostalgia heads, just to go back and enjoy that amazing moment in music so with your support on patreon we hope to make more live engaging hip-hop content for you guys where you can join me and the crate 808 squad on some live hangouts we're going to go into some wide-ranging episodes delving into the work of the wu-tang clan mf doom and jay dilla so get it locked if you want that new granular look 
about hip hop. So go to our payment tiers on Patreon. We've got a different few selections on there for you and you can get up to two new episodes a month as well as joining us, you know, just to nerd out, nerd out over old rap, new rap, whatever rap you want. So big up yourselves. If you choose to support us, thank you so much. I will give you a personalized shout out on the show and we shall catch you in one of these live rooms and let's get this community going so spread the word much love for your time and peace out boom and then i was just going to say basically first of all i know that this is black star marcus garvey a lot of knowledge of self well this track knowledge of self a lot of that ethos in this but mm-hmm. and i also know it's on a re- label like raucous which over here i don't know if it was wrongfully stigmatized like that but like um it was a very white label uh, as in like and now there's this podcast here and we're not not black people talking about this right. this amazing like education so i'm fascinated to know where where raucous stood for you in that kind of ethos in that mentality in your political standing at that young age where were they at for you yeah no definitely i mean you hit so many things i do think um like this is an album that i would almost say if you're uh, a white hip-hop fan or maybe you know not 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 a black person listening to hip-hop this almost would be a required listening of an album just because of everything they're talking about and like i said that's what was so fascinating to me and i think what drew me to the album is like they talk a lot they neither i don't know if either of them uh, ascribe to the five percent nation but mm. there's a lot of teachings in there dropped throughout the project that i had again hyde park just i remember hearing about those and hearing them but i didn't really understand what it was so this Mm -hmm. album was a further education um, of how to be more of a global citizen for myself um and put in raucous you know that's a good that's a that's an interesting point yeah definitely run by two white guys i don't think i knew i don't think i at that time even had like even had an idea of label owner it was like i saw the rate the razor blade on vinyl and I just thought, like, I never, so many of the artists I had, too, were new. It was like, I've never heard of this, but I love that. That logo looks ridiculous. Oh, man, and logo. it's going to be a quality thing. And uh, I'd heard most, the, the song he did with Q-Tip and Tash on the Lyricist Lounge mm. album. Well, I don't know why I'm spacing on the name of that song. Um, shit. You know well, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know, I know the Lyricist Lounge. I'm awful with track names, but I know most is on there. And he, yes, he was with Tash. Yeah. It was Kip Tash, Body Rock. Don't want to stop the Body Rock, but don't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. That was sick. But yeah, I just saw Rockus as, um, I thought it was a breath of fresh air. I thought it was really cool. I was really drawn to, and I think what we modeled Closed Sessions a bit, and it's really inspired me to do a lot, was like the community. They have a song on here where they like call out everyone in the, in mm. the um that's in the jam is like a throwback to the old park jams and they they like where we got the raucous family shabam sadiq company flow yeah. they're like name i was just like damn this shit is yeah. awesome this is like what it should be and then like my friends and i were like yeah we're gonna do this and so i never got into it till later where um i didn't even think about like who owns this label but yeah mm. now looking back i could see that and um yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting dichotomy um, and some of the artists on Rockets have talked a little bit about it, but I think at this point now, most people, uh, have a favorite view it in a favorable light. I think what was also weird is it wasn't one of their 
parents like really rich or like part of uh it's part of part of the murdoch family james murdoch there you go that's weird it's, yeah. it's that it's that way you think what was it now where i was i was actually reading something on this and they absolutely nailed it i think it might be spin someone nailed it where they were like oh it's basically akin to watching succession i don't know if you watch succession and yeah. kendall being james murdoch and you're like oh my god yeah kendall like kind of affected all of my like latter teenage going into 20 years where I was just so backpacker and I was just yeah. so that, you know, and that community you were saying there, that ethos, it yeah. felt like a world. And to know that the Murdoch family had some dealing in it is just really odd. It's just really odd to me because I never thought that I never knew that at the time. And it was years, years, years later when I was like, what? Rupert Murdoch's yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, but it's like people could, yeah, like you could, we could talk so much about what is really happening and, and like, why are these people making money with these artists? Mm. But at the end of the day, unless it, like, unless they did some super foul shit, mm. man, it was worth it to get this album to get yeah. like, I mean, so man, you take Rockus out or take these two dudes, like, you know, let's say you never started Rockus, mm. man, yeah. hip hop would be. Look at so many people and artists that were inspired by this album that went on to make music and mm. like all, there, there's a whole renaissance of hip hop right now that can be traced even back, not just this, but part of that whole yeah. raucous movement. Um, but I would love someone to shoot a documentary or learn, you know, tell, yeah. that, tell the raucous story. Yeah. I had a friend find a raucous actually oh. briefly. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the group Kids in the Hall. They were big. Yeah. 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 So knowledge from kids in the hall grew up mm. we grew up together and played baseball together and stuff and then when he signed to raucous later like when they tried to do their re yeah yeah re-emerge and kid, kids in the hall were like the the flagship group it was them and the procussions mm. and someone else i just thought that was the coolest shit in the world man like yeah. you're on the same label as most deaf and Salim Kweli, yeah these people that inspired you to rap like that's pretty dope yeah Absolutely. And there needs to be a documentation of this just because I feel like a time capsule, this is it. That is, it's, it's a moment that not only is a burgeoning of like a community and a whole mentality of rap fans, but it's a mirror. It's like you said earlier, it's a, it's an absolute reflection and opposite view of what was happening in the mainstream. But then I do think there's in the, as history goes on and we all get older and like things get solidified and polarized and crystallized into like the binary things. I think it's very easy to say it was shiny suit and backpacker because right. at the end of the day, there was West coast scene was unreal. There was like DMX doing his own thing. Cool. Keith's out doing his thing. Doom's not far away from this outcast are doing their thing. Gangstar are sort of around at that time. Absolutely. New York rap, shiny rap and raucous definitely but i think there was so much going on in the universe i don't want it to get people twisted where they're like oh so just these two things it was like no there was so much going on but i think this label just to cap off my point you were saying there like how influential it was what i found really interesting is the artists i loved pharaoh uh, talib most most my love affair with most came from this and i was like they actually they may not have hit a list celebrity status but they definitely weren't underground so they no. almost lifted this underground scene to when you're seeing him on the Chappelle show and that's like a 
Oh, that was a moment. Yeah. That's a hit show. And now they're doing a podcast together and you're like, this isn't just underground. They lifted beyond that into like, now you see Talib doing what he's doing and yeah. And, uh, and most doing what he's doing and yeah, it's crazy. But, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Look look at you. Like they have a saying, I like that. We use a saying at our label, rising tide lifts all boats. And they, they came in and lifted so many other boats. Um, even if you fast forward now, like look at Run the Jewels and LP, you mm. mentioned all these other things. And, you know, I, I, I think almost you could trace back like the how Kanye West beat 50 Cent and that set a whole trajectory. I, I just think still without Ruckus, who the rumors they passed on Kanye, he really wanted to be on Ruckus and mm. they fucked that up. But I just think you you can't like you remove this and who knows if you have these, these other things, but they, that, that you hit on the head, man, it wasn't like they weren't totally underground, but it was the, they introduced or solidified or put like, put the quotes on. This was the underground aesthetic when underground really became a genre and not just standing for not known. It's like, at least for me. And I think like, we're probably around the same. It's like, it's just for a generation. It's like, when you think of underground, it's kind of like this, this is the aesthetic or if someone to me says this is an underground rapper, I don't think, oh, this dude's not, not known. It could be the biggest artist, but it's mm. like, this is the style I'm expecting to hear. And you says, well, there was so, there was so much going on. It yeah. is interesting that these, these dudes kind of came to, and then they rejected that where they came to stand for the whole movement yes. and they kind of didn't want to be, they didn't want to, the, later on, they, they didn't want to be pigeonholed and rejected that that title a little bit too mm, absolutely absolutely yo what up y'all this is dj premier and you're checking out the crate 808 podcast hey yo 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 this is your boy foul march and right now you are rocking live with the crate 808 podcast yo what's up this is del the funky homo sapien down with hieroglyphics the funk pimp come on here for some good shit yes yes you're rocking with the best this is the one and only just blaze right now you're checking out the crate 808 podcast this is open mic equal and you are currently rocking with the crate 808 podcast yo peace and love to this homeboy sandman and you're rocking with the crate 808 podcast it's the place to be so good for you. Hey, what's happening? This is Trevor Nelson, your R&B ambassador, talking all things R&B and hip-hop on the Crate 808 podcast. Hey, yo, yo, check it out. Mr. Rapper Big Pooh. And I need you, 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 and you to make sure you check out this week's episode of the Crate 808 podcast. Tell everybody the rapper says so. I found a quote, by the way, that absolutely summed up this um kind of middle ground from like uh, taking a whole scene not being underground but trying to make it lift it like you said and it was stereo gum and someone on there i think it was tom bryan i can't remember who it was someone had written it and it, he just ba- brilliantly compares it to sub pop and uh, no one's ever done that for me and i was like oh yes of course sub pop took a scene of independent artists lifted them and then obviously nirvana happened but it's like it's interesting that you know this is could be seen like that a little bit as well um yeah. But yeah, so basically, I need to dive into the album with you though, right? So uh, we have most rewindable moments. So I just wanted to hear from you. If you're listening back, has there been a moment, like a little snippet or a song or, or a line or anything like that, that still hits home? Yeah, man. I mean, there are just so many. Like one, 
when you first sent me this list, I filled it out like real fast thinking like, yep, this is the thing. And then as I kept listening, it's like, wait, but if I had to narrow it down to one and there are, there are a lot, I think the song Thieves in the Night is one that you have to keep rewinding mm. because of such slick wordplay, the way they bring in um, the tone, the Tony Morrison poem. And when um, they get going back and forth and then most deaths verse you you just gotta like he's he that's like a classic verse too in his phrasing the way he uses rhyme like that's just mm. what we would come to know as when he's in the zone like that is the sh- the the shit that he's doing talking about like the clever jet the clever jedi mind trick yeah. and, and that they've been running you know like he's talking about the screaming brand new they just sanitized the old shit like he was just yeah. went off um and then when you really start thinking about the like, um, you know, this is what comes from that poem, like not not free, we're only licensed, not not you mm. know strong, only aggressive, and all that. Then they they like flip it into the music uh, industry. It's an incredible record. So that's mm. like the most where you just have to keep rewinding and catch everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, and that's so true. I remember there was one line on there, and he just spoke unlike any one i'd heard it's the way his voice is the way he sings stuff it's the way he would just go off on one and just absolutely murder the mic at times in his career and there's one bit where he talks about he finds it distressing there's never no in between yeah. you yeah. know you're either bitches or queens and Queen, that yeah. as a kid i was like oh my god like i've never heard that you know it's just oh yeah so so good um that's great yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. And 88 Keys, obviously, on that. You know what else I love about where we are right now as a culture, especially talking to someone like yourself who's been in it for so long and blog era and you're in in it, you know, you're you're working in it. Um, What I find amazing in today's world is you have live documentation, like documentation of how Thieves in the Night was made. And he's on the Talib podcast and he's talking there and I was like, just halfway through, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if rock fans ever had this. I don't know if punk fans ever had this. Like, I'm not sure the layman hip hop, hip hop head is going to know mm-hmm. what Thieves of the Night is. I don't know. Maybe they right. do, but I think definition, redefinition are the two that they may. But I was like, isn't it beautiful, man, that I get to listen to how Thieves of the Night was made. And it's not even like, it's an, it's an album cut that you and me will know, but I'm not sure if like my friends would cite it uh, so right. yeah i just had to say like it's just a beautiful time to live when you can see that now man it's just beautiful man hey guys this is jerobi from a tribe called quest you're listening to the crate 808 podcast yo yo what's up man it's your man elzai and you're rocking with the crate 808 podcast you know what i'm saying well, you can check out you know artists like me hey it's steve rifkin from loud records you're rocking with the crate 808 podcast spread the word these guys are dope. The questions they ask and the interview is amazing. Enjoy yourself. Be safe and be healthy. One, two, one, two. You know what it is. This your man, S-K-Y-Z-O-O, Sky Zoo, live out the borough. And this is the Crate 808 Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, 
And most importantly, share that love and put your peoples on. Peace and light. This is Sarah Rock rocking with Crate 808 Podcast. And you want to check out everything hip hop on Crate808.com. Yo, this is Juggernaut, Nottingham City, NG area. You're rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Make sure you keep it locked in. There's so many gems drop. Crate808.com. Hey, yo, this is the one and only R.A., the rugged man. And I'm rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast with my man Cam. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Thieves of the night. Where do you stand on? Okay. I, I was going to ask this later, but I'm going to ask it now because okay. you talked about how good Mos is. Um, okay. Who's your favorite out of the two on this, uh, on this record? Oh, on this record? Mm. Um, I think, I think this, oh, the album you mean, not this song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole album. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, album, man. You know, that's so tough. Uh, I'm sorry. That's tough because I think it's me personally, it's, it's most deaf, but I think also that was one of the other things that I, uh, re knew, like understood. And I remember when this came out, I mean, there were like heated arguments about most versus Talib and people were like, um, you know, it was, mm. it was a passionate crowd. I had a friend who just was die hard to live. Quali is like the, the one on this. Yeah. Um, I always liked most deaf a bit more. I just thought he like had a bit of a smoother flow. And mm. like he says in one of the songs, I display my strengths without effort. And that's like defining most is just, He's like the effortless, cool yeah. dude. Like he's the way he speaks, his rap style, mm. just him, the tall, lanky, just like cool, cool guy. But Talib Kweli, man, maybe only most deaf could have beat him here. Like yeah. he's not, it's not like he's comes, he's fucking ridiculous too, man. Like, yeah. I do think his solo record is better than most deafs. So, or uh, most deafs. And I'm only calling most deaf because that was, the name of the album. For I don't sure, want to be sure. Yasin, disrespectful, yeah. like Yasin Bey. Mm. Um, but man, Knowledge Itself was a great song. Talib Kweli has a lot of bars. He said in one of the records, um, uh, at what point, I think it's Knowledge Itself, but what point do you start to realize that life without knowledge is death in disguise? When I was teaching, um, teach, I taught fifth grade in Chicago public schools and that was one of the like phrases of our classroom like wow. knowledge life without knowledge is death in disguise and i remember my i was telling you my my, my friend signed to rockets he came and visited my class and one of my fifth graders raised his hand he was like yes i'd like to ask you a question talib kwali once said life without knowledge is death in disguise what do you think about it i was so proud wow I was like, wow. wow wow that is beautiful you're spreading the word my friend you're you know the kids know that kid's gonna take it like take oh. it in, into his life that's amazing that's amazing yeah i'm kind of lost words for that that's amazing um but yeah that, that's what i mean and not i think that's yeah i think that is the only track where he's on his own right knowledge yourself yep. and i think yep. most might be on a little bit but yeah no that again it's really interesting how they split this up it's such a breeze of an album to listen to my rewindable moment though i was struggling in my head but again it's so much bias goes into this because Again, when I'd heard this, I fell in love with Mose and then Mose was in my top three for about 10 years, probably. And I would argue, argue fur furiously about True Magic. The extent I loved, oh. I love True Magic. Like that one? I oh. love, uh, people hate it. People hate it. And I'm like, how can you, Fake Bonanza and all that? Anyway, either way. I think, well, we won't spend time on this, but I think people hate it. Me personally, I don't like it because of how it came out. Like just mm. one day it was here, 
I bought that at the record store. There is just in a clear plastic. Yeah. Like, it was just clear. Not, yeah. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead, man. No, no, so no. You, no. Most, you, you pick most as well. When you ask me who shine better, then you can tell me a rewindable moment. But you going with most? As yeah, well, I, I, I think I think uh, most because it took me. I knew Talib was furious on it, but what the thing I couldn't figure is why he was trying to fit so many words into yeah. into a, a, a line that didn't need that. And I was like, "What are you doing that?" For? And after a while, you realise there's a kind of skill to it all. And like you said, you know, I'm more black on both sides more than Talib's solo. So I'm that at end. But I think it just became this thing with most where he was like an artist more than Talib for me, an artist artist, as in like acting, doing all that. Whereas Talib's the activist and it was like the artist and the activist. And that, that, that way they worked was beautiful because there's that bluntness of like Talib's just going to chop your head off. And there's that suaveness, that, charisma to, to to just beautiful to see both together like that man absolutely but my rewind moment i was going to say was i was struggling and thinking i'm trying to think of my favorite transitions in hip-hop records and okay. definition to redefinition even though it's supposed to be one track i get it it's supposed to be one big track yeah. but that transition bro yep. every Crazy. time every time it's, it's nuts that's yeah. nuts. That's that's what's like the genius of the whole album. That's why that's why I said like what what would a Black Star two? Which I forgot they've been announcing it so long. I forgot there's a Madlib thing. So I don't mm. want anyone to misconstrue. I I want to hear that. Mm. We'll buy it as soon as it comes out. Like I'm ready. But if it never came out, man, we have this. What what else are they going to be able to execute? That was ridiculous. They do this definition, a song about like so. I mean, that's the whole thing to unpack. And then yeah. they show the other, it's more hip hop. Like we're here, the hip hop purists, we're on the rooftop with the Zulu Gestapo. And then, and the chorus though, upbeat, but very dark. It talks about like Tupac and Biggie yeah. being killed yeah. and hip hop dangerous. And then the hold your head while the beat drops, boom, very dark beat. And the first line, redefinition, turning your play into a tragedy. They just took the whole song and just like threw it in the dumpster. Boom. Now we're talking about this, this other shit. Crazy, man. You can't yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, the way you've just said that, I've got goosebumps right now, bro. I need to put this on right now. Do you know what I mean? Because like, it, it wasn't just the element of, look how many layers they are. What you just said, that first line, play to a tragedy, darker beat, bang. But then on top of it, it's when it's live, when you, I don't know if you've ever seen them do it live or just seeing that video that goes around every now and again, you see the, you know, doing the redefinition and I think it's respiration and another stuff on yeah. there. And it's like, that's, you can just see. And I remember one of my favorite gigs of all time. And I know listeners know this because I bang on about it all the time, but it was, we forsaked, I think we were about 1920. So okay. I'm young enough to maybe forgive myself, but we forsaked seeing James Brown live because oh, there wow. was a raucous tent and the raucous tent had, it had like last emperor was there. Um, okay. And then like Pharaoh was there. Talib was there. Most was there. And then they all came on the stage at the end together and they were doing redefinitions, Simon Says, all together. And I remember just sweat coming off the tent. And I was like, this is my favorite game I've ever been to, ever. And that song, that switch, everything about it, the hook, it just became one of those moments where it's like an anthem. It became an anthem, yeah. I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's where I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Have you rewatched the video, by the way? 
too? Um, I haven't rewatched it in this prep, but I saw it. I think I last saw it like, again, I like will just randomly watch it, but the video yeah. is crazy too. The colors, the shots, like mm. them driving around in the van, picking yeah. up high tech. Like, yeah, I forgot. Then there's like, a, isn't there a skit in there where it's like, no, he's high tech. No, he's high. something like that. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched it again. Cause again, it's one of the videos. It was on heavy rotation. I have to say like yeah. people who don't know that that video was on like here, we could see it a lot. And I remember again, the juice of raucous, I suppose at that time. Uh, but that video, when he pauses it and he says, the, I don't, at first I thought it was fake, but I gather yeah. it's real. And the cops uh, like, are you deaf? And he says, no, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not deaf. He's deaf. Yeah. <laughs> that's high tech. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That, that's wild. That's crazy. <laughs> just shows the balls of these guys and just the instant humor and charisma of all of them. And yeah, just absolutely brilliant. And you know, what else is brilliant in that video. And I, and I remember I loved it. And that honestly worth a rewatch for people. It's like, uh, most knows the power of the image. Clearly, you know, he's thinking of imagery, visuals, all that. And he, he's rapping and he starts taking a sip of water as he's rap, as the rap goes on drinks it, gulps it down, comes back, joins the rap. And I love that water yeah. break is just like, yeah. Oh, then it's sort about it. I just, I just, just, yeah. Them little flourishes. I love, um, That's awesome. but yeah. So again, we have hottest bars. You talked about a few there. Did you have any others in your pocket that you were like, you know, moments where you're like, yeah, that bar yeah. Just sticks with me. Yeah. So this is, so I have the hottest, hottest bars. And then I also have the, the moment that is near perfection, different things, but mm-hmm. hottest bars, I have a couple lines, but then I did want to hit a couplet here. That's like good. some of the, like one cool line that I think is not, um, uh, talked about, or it's just in another just album cut. I think it's in, uh, hater players where he's like, um, I'm asking, or what? No, it's respiration. I'm asking if y'all feel me, and the crowd left me stranded. And then the next line is, "My blood, pre- my blood pressure boiled and rose." New York acting spoiled as shows, and you could just, I could just picture him getting yeah. fucking mad, like <laughs> where, like, like I could see him be like, "My blood pressure boiled and rose." <laughs> Whoever has talked about their blood pressure? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm angry. That, yeah. that, that was awesome. That's yeah, like just a hidden gem in there, like where Talib goes off in a subtle way. Another famous bar that I repeat, uh, give me the fortune, keep the fame. That's that's how he starts in Thieves in the Night. Thieves in the Night, yeah. Um, yeah. Most de- uh, but most deaf on Thieves in the Night too, I think a quotable I see a lot or when it came out was like repeated was he, he, he's like, I can give a damn if any fan recall my legacy. I'm trying to live life in the sight of God's memory. That right there puts most deaf in your top three of yeah. rappers. Like, that's, a, that's dope. Yeah. But my favorite when I was thinking about it is when when he's on definition and his last part was like still sipping wishing well water imported from Pluto that whole <laughs> yeah. group where he's like like our cipher will complete us as we come through your receivers you can you can play us and repeat us then then take us home and read us oh my god oh my days my days that is that bar is in an anthemic like get rowdy ruckus thugged out track like, come yeah. on, man. Come on. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. And again, he did it again and again. Like it, the, the, both of them did. And that's just, yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, I think, I think what you, you kind of nailed all the bits I was going to say that I think I remember always it's the little moments with most that get me, um, like 
I know on Oh No, where he was like, I'll pour your pride on the rocks and make you swallow it all. Though that yeah. visual kind of thing, I remember just, there's little moments where he just hits home where he's like, you talk about me to your grandsons. And it's, you about your grandson, that, that, that whole moment, I remember that, he just hits you with the chest where you're like, he's not said anything like amazing, but it's what, just like. Yeah. What's he say? Uh, leave your part, like leave your party trembling, like herds of moving elephants. elephants. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That, that's so funny. You get like, yeah. I don't know if it's party, like leave something like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Her movie elephants will will make you tremble. Like yeah, that. absolutely. Involuntarily too. Involuntarily. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. But yeah, no, I, I love that, man. I love that. Uh, and I know we were going to talk about moments of near perfection, five mic moments that we have. Did you have any five mic moments where you were like, that is just, yeah. Man, you know what I, I wanted to talk about with this? There are so many, but kind of this is kind of something you you started on where you I forgot what you said about the project mm. oh you said it's a breeze it's a it's a breeze to listen to mm. so I looked at it as almost like they're different chapters of the album mm. the first three I think is that near perfection moment or you could include the intro so the yeah. first four tracks the first being the intro I mean this album starts with we have a responsibility to shine light into the darkness. So they're already saying exactly what this is going to be about. The mm. last voice you hear before it goes into the first song, the do the the void the sample goes, the statement that they make will determine what everybody else plays uh uh very shortly. So it's like, okay, that ha that happened. And yeah. then the the first song, Astronomy, Eighth Light where they just introduce exactly what is like, what is the black star? Is it the yeah. cat with the black shades, the black car, like shining from very far to where you are? Is it yeah. like, so they just play off that. And in that, what you said too, they pack so much. That one song is about hip hop, music industry, black mm. empowerment, 5% principles, like uh, all kinds of shit, like yeah. all kinds of shit where he goes, uh, blacker than my granddaddy's armchair, but he never got no time to chill, chill there. there. Well, yeah. Where they have those, just, they say these, subtle subtle things black like the perception of who on welfare mm. those kind of things are crazy and i think that then going into definition and then into redefinition close that whole exactly who they are what they're about to do what they stand for and that's like a flawless introduction to you might know most deaf you might know to quality you might know raucous you might hate uh or be not hate, but be like dissatisfied with what has turned into because the corporization of music was happening at that time, not just in hip hop, but like all these major labels are buying up the smaller ones. And you have yeah. like NSYNC, the Spice Girls, not not equating that with Bad Boy, but you did have, I think, making the bands like it was all mm -hmm. definitely now we're aware that there is commercial music made for that uh, specifics. And these dudes are like, we're not, we're not doing that. Mm. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're about. And that's a cute, those first, the intro and the first three songs, flawless, in yeah. my opinion. I don't think you could ask for, especially in an album where it's like, they are black. Like, this is something special. This is, could be a one of one. Mm. Great introduction, exactly what is about to go down. Yeah, absolutely. And then they take you on that trip, which is very nostalgic. I know they have like BDP like references and, and riffs and whatever, but then they have like B-Boys in the park and all that stuff. And yep. 
it becomes quite joyous. It's actually it's quite joyous. And in my head, I was always like, I, I love respiration so yeah. much that I always wanted it higher. But now listening back to it, I, was like, I can see exactly why they put it lower in the, in the sequencing. Uh, that for me, that whole track, the video, everything about that, I remember that elevating itself into like a five mic moment for me, a perfect time for me because yeah. I just watched, I don't know if you watched Lahaine, like in France, this French film, black and white, the video reminded me of Lahaine. They had like, okay. they looked fucking cool. Like they looked cold in that video, but cool. <laughs> and it's like the respiration video. That was one of the moments where I was like, this was my flight. And I think to be fair, you said there about iconography mm. with Raucous, that that razor was like an icon it's like woo people get tattooed yeah. people, i have more raucous t-shirts than any other company i have so many raucous t-shirts is because you wanted and yearned to be part of a club and and kind of brand yourself with yeah. it and respiration as an extension of that i almost like used to hold it up like a flag like if you know people are arguing i'd just be like well no respiration like listen to what most deaf talib quality in common a saying on there and i can't even for this podcast break it down but my five up moment hottest bars whatever you want to call it is that you're not going to fuck with most on them first few bars where he's like the new moon rode high in the crown of the metropolis shine like who on top of this and then everyone are you in and bustling yeah that i'd never right. heard that that is a poetry like you're elevating yourself into like a, a form of art that maybe i hadn't considered hip-hop in and I think that was a moment where I was like, no, these guys are artists, man. Like, and maybe ev everyone's been artists, but at that time that really hit home for me. So yeah, that yeah. was one of my, that was like perfect rap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say respiration first too, but that was when I like re-listened. I was like, I think respiration is just, everyone loves that song. So I want to talk about something different, but yeah, if yeah. I did talk about restoration, which I'm really glad you did because that needs the props. Yeah. Common, there's one line that Common says where he's like, I asked my guy how traveling the world sounds. I find it hard to imagine he hadn't been past downtown. And that line struck with me. I remember when I was teaching fifth grade, I taught this neighborhood, Inglewood, which is just west of uh, Hyde Park. And I took my students, they were fifth graders. I took them on a field trip to uh, DePaul University, which is a small, it's a college on the north side of Chicago. And when we did get uh, Lakeshore Drive is this main, main highway on the east. Um, mm -hmm. We got past downtown. So downtown's in the middle of the city. They were just like, whoa. And, and it just struck me how real that line was. Like a yeah. lot of kids just don't leave their neighborhoods and like, yeah. hadn't been past downtown. So Respiration's sick. Have you heard the Respiration remix where it's Black Thought? And I have, it, but not having it recently. Is it, is it worth jumping in? Dude. That was a, I used to start so many of my DJ sets with that song. It's just a, it's just a great, great record. And uh, Talib has another really dope quote there. It's new verses, new everything. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, just the yeah. chorus is the same. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. I do. I need to listen back because I haven't heard it. But yeah, man, that's amazing. That, but again, as a DJ, you slipping in any raucous, anything like that, I think I would have just been like, who is this guy? Yes, I need to follow. <laughs> like, I didn't yeah. hear it. I didn't, you hear it, but in certain places, I would never really hear it generally. But yeah, no, that that is amazing, bro. Um, I was actually going to say then, 
do you know what's cool again like you said there's chapters this album it kind of flows really nicely there's that moment where little hidden gem on the album yo yeah for me j rules on that production it's like a portal to like a poetry cafe in new york like, like they yep. just put you in there. It transitions into respiration and yep. that, and that, you know what else I loved? Style Wars, bro. Like when yep. they bring that crime in the city and I watched yep. Style Wars again last year and it's just like an impeccable document. If no one's watched that, please listeners, viewers go watch Star Wars. It's just a brilliant documentation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the brilliance of this whole album and where I think, why partly why I continue just then and still now love hip hop so much is like such a genre where you can dig in and it, a whole part of the tradition is like sharing the history. So these yeah. dudes made this album and the name dropping that they do, the Star Wars clips, um, that whole song uh, where they're just like calling, you know, calm people out and all that. Wait, no, I'm thinking now B-Boys. Oh. Yo, yeah, home right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah they ended they ended where he's like as we sat at the traffic light that's yeah. yo yeah right mm -hmm. yeah 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 and then yeah that's a gem in the the, the poetry then you had b-boys will be boys i think that's the name of it yeah where exactly. they're just like who's in the house tonight that's what i was talking about earlier and they're they're out there you their uh style throughout the project i was talking to chuck d a while ago yeah. And uh, for a different piece I was doing and somehow it got to Beastie Boys got brought up in there. Or maybe I was just talking to him after an interview about Beastie Boys, but he was mm. saying how like the Beastie Boys have always been true to that style of rap where they trade off and like it's a play. It's not a not a style anymore that's in vogue. Even when their last album came out, it was definitely like a very dated thing. But mm. he's like, they always just stayed true to that. And yeah. I think on black star they have elements of that as well the trading of bars like this is a two-man group it's not just some some groups would be like here's this guy's verse then this person yes. will go and there's no trading and so i like how this album had a mix of they had their own verses they had their own songs but then they also did the performance that part of hip-hop too where yeah. it was back and forth that's like goes back to what you're saying, the whole overall mission and statement of this album is not just what they're saying, it's how they said it, it's the skits they've used, the mm. references they make is very on point all around. There's no real inconsistencies, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that being true to who you are, I remember that uh, for Talib when he came, I suppose this is a near perfection moment in my history, my own personal history was yeah. he was in a club called subterranea here promoting okay. the album have you been subterranea wow that is not in that in, no i haven't uh, been to that one. okay there is one in chicago too but no keep going. oh right okay wicked uh uh yeah and uh they, they would they, he was just doing his thing killing it and halfway through uh, he just started to get the vibe for who the audience were we're all backpackers man and uh, yep. he was like um Oh, do you guys like most deaf? Yeah. Do you guys like Bahama Deer? Do you guys like Faramont? Yeah. And they said, what do you guys think to Jay-Z? And everyone, just a massive raucous of boo, just boo. And Talib, being Talib at that time, just sort of laughed on the mic and was like, you guys don't know. Jay-Z will 
rhyme circles around you motherfuckers. And that's the first time in my conditioned blinkered backpack away, I'd heard someone validate Jigger and my love for Jigger. And I was like, oh, wow. Like people hopefully go back now after this gig and listen to Jay-Z and Talib saying this. And you know what's really weird when you have that that moment and you see these guys now, like their legacies, their catalogs, who they actually are. I do find it a little bit problematic talking about Talib with everything that's going on with him, with these arguments going on. But his 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 kind of um I don't even know what to call it a beef. I don't want to reduce it to beef, but he has these interactions with no name. And I'm like, yeah. no name is like almost like a child of this era of knowledge mm-hmm. of self and, you know, being beautiful, black is beautiful, all that stuff. And it's just really odd to me that they're fighting. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's really, I would never have thought that. And it's just Talib thinking he's being true to who he is, no name being true to who she is. And it's just a weird, I had to bring it up in this episode because it's just yeah. weird to talk about Talib and not address that issue that's going on around because it's just strange for me. It's just a bit weird, but yeah. yeah. It's odd. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, even before that, he was just, just seeing him on, on Twitter telling everyone to fuck off. A lot of it was against racists, which is awesome. You should mm-hmm. tell those people, but it, it definitely him on Twitter. And, and some of that is not, uh, you know, not the best. And like, you know, I, I think people have various interactions with, with, with uh, artists, or I just have been in a lot of situations where like, either like I'm at a party that Quali's supposed to perform at or he uh people have booked him and they, he just met he I think I think I think uh he's just an interesting dude and yeah. man some of that behavior I definitely don't condone it's just it's I don't just know what thing, it? about it it's yeah. just like there's an evidence line where he's like I don't want to see my heroes slinging verses on their twitter it's like the same it's just yeah. it's just kind of the same thing like yeah man I mean, we could go down a list too of artists that get in these petty fights in public now, and it's just like, yeah, man, this weird. sucks. Like, why? Yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why? Yeah. But um, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird throwback from a generation where your voice was so powerful. Like, yeah, we talk about hidden gems and stuff, and I was listening back to the hip hop for respect and the Amadou Diallo stuff and all that, and that. Yeah that was your voice was so powerful and if you yeah. i mean i don't know how much real change came from it but i know from across the ocean to where i was in my little bedroom i knew the name amadou diallo and i knew all these things these injustices that were happening and it's like your voice is so strong and now you have these amplifiers to be able to amplify that voice it's just really uh, interesting that these voices all get mixed up and there's like these like issues that are happening and yeah i didn't mean to put you on the spot there by the way bro i just like no, thought no. you know something on my mind where i was like yeah like it's interesting it's this album with that context because it's like yeah like he doesn't say like brown skin lady i'm listening to right. that, that track and i'm like Man, that is just the sk- the skit they use. By the way, I'd never watched that film, and I need to watch that film. By the way, I don't know what it's called, um, but you know the skit where he's talking about conditioning yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, and, I, I, mm. Around this time, like I was in uh, a lot of like activists. I was in this thing called Hip Hop Congress, which was which was a thing across the, across the country, mm. um, little chapters. But like it was all about. Um, activism and there was a lot of hip-hop activism going on and different conventions i'll go to and there was a big thing in chicago and i was in a lot of those spaces and like you're 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 right man to live quality was definitely what a lot of those people were listening to but then he would also show up and be there 
as well. I don't mm. think that he just talked about it, but it's just like weird. Yeah, it's weird to see to see this play out. And uh, even before, where he's he's like bullied bullied this girl, got Twitter got bumped off Twitter. Mm. Um, but he also it's also odd to see. He, he just put out a book. He has his own podcast yeah. that's co-hosted with a woman. Like, I don't know what to make of any of, yeah. of that. I think that this girl, that this woman he's beefing with is, is definitely, that's been taken way too far. He should have yeah. chilled out on that. Like why even yeah. do that? She hit some kind of nerve. Um, we have some of the categories though. And we've talked about this album, how amazing it is. I did have like name the skips. And I was wondering if there were any tracks now, that you do actually just skip when you're listening, listening to it. For sure. I think the one, the song I usually skip is children's story. I just, same, you know, I just thought that the rest of the songs make all the points that he makes in that one, but it doesn't, it's not, it's just so spelled out. It just felt yeah. the most forced, but it might not have been for most Def. It might've been the most natural mm. thing for him to make. I just mean in the whole sequence of this album, that's the one it just like doesn't really fit. The vibe is off and yeah. uh, it's just like, we get it. Like we, the whole rest of the project is really saying these things in better ways um, than that one. So that's the one I, I would skip. Okay. Okay. And then the two of the categories I had, if you had to go into your head, put a non nineties rapper on here, who would it be and why? Yeah. Good question. I'm really, I would, th there's only one, if I'm wrong. I mean, the, the last song is a posse cut. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily count that as much, but the other real guest guest rapper is common on this mm -hmm. project. Um, so it's hard to pick one. The Some I came up with uh, that I think, well, I guess I would love to hear Kanye yeah. on this album simply because he like the direct, Descendant and so much of when Kanye came out was like him fucking with the Rockets dudes. Yeah. Like he has a, whether you call him Quali or Quali, I put him on tracks with free with freeway. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I put him on tracks with Jay-Z. I don't know what he said. Yeah, I'm yeah. fucking one lyric up, but he then had most definitely freeway on a song. Mm. And uh, I think he, he just loved these dudes so much. Can you imagine what like young Kanye is yeah. doing on this album? If given the chance that would have been, yeah. insane to me other people i think lupe would sound cool rock marciano i love maybe evidence could have could have fucked with this mac miller yeah. but uh jay electronica i don't know if he was rapping in the 90s he definitely mm. is old i think he's old enough to have been yeah but i'll go i'll go with kanye as my number one i would love to hear kanye on that young kanye not now not not yeah. remix something today and drop it yeah yeah i have exactly the same note my friend which is just young kanye like yeah. there was that absolute the lineage who was supposed to be a raucous all of that absolutely yeah i'm right there with you and the last one which is a little bit tenuous but um we end up talking a lot about a lot of the 90s like artists and we end up talking about features loads i don't know how we landed on this trinity this feature trinity which was like these three ended up being talked about loads and i was like could we fit one of these on there and it was method man buster mm. or nas and I was wondering if you had one and on what track. Oh, Buster. Who did you say? Buster, Nas. Or Method Who was the Man. first Method Man? His features were unreal on them Woo projects. I think Buster Rhymes might be the most natural just from how close he was in proximity to mm. all this. But I probably would go with Nas. I don't know how anyone, like hearing, hearing Nas on these songs. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Nas had a respiration verse? 
that's exactly what I have. We are one. We are one. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. They talk about the city. They're talking about everything yeah. Nas would, would nail on that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Man, thank you, man. Thank you for basically... Go on, go on. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. I wanted to hit one last thing. I didn't get to see. We went on the... I didn't get to say the hidden gem, but I just want to throw hidden this gem. out there because mm. it fits what you said about... Um, you said something like with where you like most more than to live quality is, is the, the cramming so many words. And I think this hidden gem, people may not think about it. I didn't really think about it in a long time mm-hmm. on hater players to live quality is viciously attacking other rappers comes right out. It's a small wonder like, like Vicky, why you suck like hickeys. I get it. Small wonder, great nineties TV, eighties TV yeah. show, but most best verse starts out i'm just pulling up the lyrics so i don't get it wrong the whole first part of it is him he this verse is him breaking down how he's most deaf he talks about his mind he like describes this forest with people ciphering and then just is like at the end of it people ask most how you get so it's like he just explained how he's so dope through his brain being a forest presence of hilltops littered with treetops if you eavesdrop and hear the incline of sunshine nine stones in orbit refuse to forfeit they all form a cipher and came to absorb it and then he talks about fucking going and stepping in the cipher my method is unorthodox but of course it rocks yeah serious synopsis will drop drop kick my topics run the gauntlet and galvanize the audience i must represent I don't come off with no corniness. Like, corniness. Oh, man. Crazy. Do, do you remember that video? I mean, you must. It goes viral every year or so of him just freestyling the park. It's in that. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the documentary. It's, in, it's called Freestyle. It came out early 2000s. Um, right. I think well. I know this. Yeah. All about freestyling and shit. I just, yeah. I was just thinking about that because I did. I'm doing a story on MC Juice oh, from Chicago. Okay. Like crazy freestyling. That's a seamless segue then, my friends, into your work because you're on. And I was like, I mean, yes, it's been amazing to talk about this album, but also just to shine a light, a little bit of a light on yourself, close sessions, Ruby Hornet, all that. Like I saw you dropped a few things on LL recently. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's in the works? What have you been doing? Where can we find your work? Dope. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I, uh, started a blog Ruby Hornet way back like i think 2007 eight during the the the, the blog era that transformed because i was dj and i had this party i'll bring blog era rappers to chicago for the first time they would just rap next to me in the, the dj booth people like currency action bronson Damn. danny brown freddie gibbs and then uh i took i'd take my meta do with the studio so i'll just be recording these songs that's how closed sessions came to be we'd shoot documentaries uh air those mtv2 sucker free would air the documentaries but um lately i've been writing for l cool j's rock the bells.com on various just i just pitch artists that uh i'd write about for free and have a deep career so I did alchemist fat joe raekwon and uh just recently dj mugs which i looked at that's when i started really going deep into the crate 808 archive oh wicked. Um, dj mugs interview and uh, yeah, you can read my work there. Closed Sessions as our label. We put out all those songs with those artists I mentioned before, but um, just a litany of, of artists uh, back in the from the blog days till now. I think some of our biggest 
releases that you might know or people might know. Um, Jamila Woods, and put out her first Project Heaven in the last couple with Jag Jaguar. Mm. Um, Quaker Collins worked with Alex Wiley. Uh, yeah. So like the Bronsons and Gibbs, Raekwon and, yeah. and Vic Mensa, all, all that stuff. We just put out a rapper. I think he's going to be on your podcast, Kip Stone. Kip Stone, yes. Um, and this duo Mother Nature. So, man, yeah. really excited. That was a very bad uh, introduction of myself. Close <laughs> session, at close sessions. DJ underscore RTC on my own Twitter. But yeah. There Sorry we go. That. There we go, man. Kip Stone, by the way, that guy is the truth. I, I, I actually enjoyed his first project or like second last project came out. And that's yeah. why I was like, Oh, and this is all just aligned nicely. Cause then yourself, you were like part of it. I was, oh, interesting. So yeah, I, I'm loving everything you guys are doing. Um, and yeah, and I think documentation of the culture, obviously in, in these little worlds that I may never be able to visit, but like, yeah, like I kind of, we had, fake sure drive on and people like that we've had people on where we're like yeah these little worlds that live outside of where we are in the uk yeah it's just a great thing to see that um people like yourself are out there and just carrying that flag bro so yeah big up much props on that that's awesome man thank you i'm i'm just glad I, i'm a fan of the the podcast and uh was really looking forward to this man i'm just excited to be to be on here i love your interview style you're passionate you know like it's you know you. you're really in it man so i i appreciate and, and a fan and really respect um what you do and i uh, had a blast talking about this album which i could could continue talking about <laughs> for days my wife will definitely not want to hear that <laughs> but um thank you for giving me the outlet to vent on my love of the black star yeah album. man oh it's been beautiful it's been a great thing and again doors are open bro for any other time you want to come on uh, it's been just yeah i've loved it man it's been great and uh people go check out all of alexander's work and uh check this album out before we go though i have to ask you i ask everyone uh okay. what is the last great piece of music that you heard could be old could be new can't really be black stars we've talked about them but Okay. I was on the ride up here. I was telling you about my, my son's lullaby playlist <laughs> and the song uh, Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan mm. is on that playlist. And I think I dismissed that as a kid just because it was so ubiquitous, but listening to the words and the lyrics, it's an incredible song. I mean, the writing is, is uh, so good. Like it's so simple, but profound. And it, you could listen to it and it could be like it was written today. So a lot yeah. of the problems he's talking about are still going on. And uh, I think that was, that was just like really great. Uh, and also on this playlist is Imagine, which is another song that I never really dug deep into. Yeah. But that's, an, that's incredible. And all same could be put out today and be an extremely relevant record. So I'll mm. name, I'll say those two, I guess. Okay. Love that. A bit of Bob Dylan in the pod. I'm always here for that. Uh, I've got Bob Dylan posted just there actually. So yeah, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't see it in the camera won't show it, but yeah, it's just there. But I was going to say, here's one then before we go, then is black Sunday worth trading for a Bob Dylan record when you're 14 with your brother, your brother's got Bob Dylan. You've got black Sunday. Are you trading it? I was not trading that black Sunday. <laughs> For anything, man. Right answer. That's <laughs> in my mugs, in my story they just put out about mugs, I talk about dis discovering Cypress Hill and like I played that was that was the CDs in my backpack every day going to high school. My oh. freshman year was like Temples of Boom into Black Sunday. I kind of discovered them backwards, but yeah, no, Black Sunday never would be. That's an untradeable 
piece right there. <laughs> Do you like the first one as well? The self-titled? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that ground, groundbreaking production right there. That's where Mug's like, Jesus Christ. Do you know what? I, this we may have stumbled onto something here we do our best three album runs and the patreon's coming up this year and i, I top of my list is cypress hill and i was just waiting for a guest to come on where this fit in man if you're around that three album run needs to be talked about so Let yes me know. yeah I, be, I think i think i when i even first really did saw you doing it the first time i was tweeting at you guys like how come no one is saying cypress hill? <laughs> i think you did actually i think you did <laughs> That's an incredible, yeah. Let me, please, let me know when it is. I'm here to wave the, the three album Cypress yeah. Hill flag. For yes. Sure. Yes. Wicked. Love that. What a, what a way to end it. But yeah, man, much love. All the love to Chicago. And yeah, just enjoy yourself, mate. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Keep smashing it, bro. All right, man. Peace. Wicked. Take care. Peace. <laughs>